from a bunker in beautiful Potchester, the Bronx, it's electoral dysfunction. Now, here's your host, Tom Brennan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantines. I'm your host, Tom Brennan. Thank you for being with us for another week. Uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks, took a quick summer vacation, went to the great state of Florida. So I'm very excited uh, to find out what variants of COVID I brought back with me, along with as many migrants as I could. Um, uh, uh, we will later this week, a bonus episode is going to be in your feeds, though. So I hope you didn't miss us too much. Uh, but you will you'll have a, a double dose, a double deuce from the great electoral dysfunction family this week. Uh, great show today. What weird week in the news. And here to join me to talk about it right at the top, please welcome back to the show, Electoral Dysfunction's neighbor, Karen. Hey, Karen, how are you? I'm doing good, Tom. How you doing? I'm I'm well, thank you for asking. And I appreciate, by the way, I know for oh, a I while. Oh, I think it's really, I think it's really great for you to have me on because um, there's just been so much going on. I mean, I know you were in Florida. Um, and meanwhile, I was at home. And I was looking out the window and I was seeing lots of stuff going on. Yeah. And I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. Well, yeah, no, you are quite the nosy neighbor. I appreciate <laughs> the fact that you decided to just come on the podcast. Yeah, when you were away, me. nobody was mowing the lawn. Nobody was mowing the lawn. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, the lawn we have outside my two bedroom apartment. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, look, we leave it out there and we let, we just let God take it. Uh, we still believe a little in a little thing called God in my house. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. That's that's why I like you. Tom. Well, thank you. Um, quickly, uh, so so talk to me about the news week. I've been out. I've been I've been I've been a little tuned out. So I'm glad you were there keeping an eye on things. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk. You know, let's talk about the most important news of the week. And you know, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, Governor Greg Abbott good of man. Texas, and good men, good men, good uh, men. Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona. Men of God, they're men of God. The three amigos, we'll call them, uh, oh. were sending, uh, have decided to pull some political stunts, uh, sending asylum seekers up to the blue states. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the cases of Arizona and Texas, of course, like there's some legitimate, credible uh, situation in terms of their uh, ability to take some of these asylum seekers and their resources. Florida seems like a straight up stunt. Your thoughts on this? These people, these asylum. people are now they're coming here legally. They're coming here for a legal process called asylum. Uh, what's your asylum. stance on it? Asylum, asylum. When I hear asylum, I think I think of I think I think of hospitals, Tom. I think I <laughs> okay. I think I think uh, people are not feeling good. You know, like I heard a lot about illegals, like illegals, and you know the eagle is the bird of America, right? <laughs> Everyone knows it is the bald eagle. Um, that wasn't going to be the turkey. It was going to be the eagle. Sure. And, it, and if we've got illegals, we, you know, it is us to take care of them. So if they're asylum, they are sick. Uh, eagles, and and it's our duty as Americans to take care of these birds because they, they are the symbol of America. Because when the eagles die, we die, Tom. All right. So that, I mean, that's growth for you that you care about the, someone. Uh, but just to make sure we're on the same page here, you mentioned taking care of birds, noble pursuit. Yeah, yeah, bird, we're yeah. talking about Mi migrants, migrants, they're migratory animals. You know, they, we're talking they... about human beings and human lives here. What's uh, what? coming from other countries from, from people, Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, a few other, a few other of those countries. 
thoughts on 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 how we should be doing more to help our neighbors your help neighbor na- my neighbor well you know you're my neighbor i know you all right i don't know them i don't know okay. them okay now i, see. I don't know them i don't so know you- i mean do, what do they think about birds what are their what are their opinions on eagles you know i haven't asked i don't know that that's one of the questions uh well, it should be. It should be. If they want to come here, they need to know what our nation's bird is. It's really important. Hmm? I imagine we all they took know a it's... test. We all took a test. It was called civics, and we took that test. They said, "What's the bird? What's the flag? How many stars? How many stripes? Who is the president?" That's all you had to know back in my day. Now it has to be who is what is what is joe biden's pronouns who lives in the ground what kind of worm lives in wyoming these are all things we never had to learn about tom sure who was the president in your day i'm just curious it was a good man it was a good man it was richard nixon (laughs) oh everyone loved him everyone Uh, loved him 49 states and you know who didn't vote for richard nixon massachusetts so you wonder why these people are in martha's vineyard now Oh, fair point. Fair point. Full circle. Uh, full circle. Uh, well, you know, this show does famously you know, a have a like a nest that a, that an eagle lays its golden eggs in, that's and that egg true. that egg is freedom. That's a very good point. Uh, this show, of course, famously rejects a lot of Richard Nixon's policies, but we do love him personally as a mascot. Uh, let's also talk. I guess Lindsey Graham, senator of South Carolina, good introduced. Man. Good man, uh, man of God. 15-week abortion ban uh, mm-hmm. this week, right before the, the midterms. Even the Republicans not thrilled mm-hmm. with his timing. What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on on, on Lindsey Graham and the, the, the really long-named abortion ban that he introduced? This I week? think I'm perfectly okay with it because you have to think about it. 15 weeks, one plus five is six. What's half of six is three. What is a trimester? That is three months. So it all makes sense <laughs> that if we've got three trimesters, then abortion... <laughs> then that doesn't have to happen, right? Well, I guess it is a trimester. means three. All right. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure I disagree with you, but I'm pretty bad at math. So I think you you outfoxed me yeah, there. No, we learned that back in my day. That was a big tenet of uh, Richard Nixon's education plan. <laughs> One plus five equals six. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. I think he campaigned on that. And that's part of mm-hmm. what McGovern, mm-hmm. of course, came out with famously mm-hmm. with this one plus five could be seven policy. Right, right. They'd be like, come on, George. And I think, I think you know, when you've got someone, a great, great senator like Lindsey Graham, you know, he is a bachelor. So he would know what it was like to Ooh, be boy. with women, to be like out in the field and possibly having those opportunities to impregnate a woman i don't know they're in washington they you know there's lots of parties and things like that and i'm sure he may have had that happen to him um but no there'd be tons of little grams around little graham crackers you know right little graham crackers we call call them little graham cracker (laughs) little graham cracker senator from south carolina uh, yeah, I think if anyone's going to get to the bottom of this, it's Lindsey Graham. I certainly always better associate than Lindsey him. Graham. I always Absolutely. associate him with the word bottom. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, let's, uh, I guess, uh, two other uh, stories of the week. Of course, I was uh, in Florida on vacation uh, riding Star Wars Rise of the Resistance at uh, oh. Disney's Hollywood Studios when the word came down uh, Queen Elizabeth had passed away. Your thoughts on, on the death of the queen? The bloodline is still continuing. The reptilian bloodline passes through her into Charles. 
mm-hmm. and then through William and so on. So she is merely the figurehead and but you know the reptilians of Windsor, the Windsor dynasty as they call it, that is still there and they are still in control of all of these things. You everything, everything that you do, when you go to the bank, who are you paying? You are paying our reptilian overlords. You want to talk about illegal aliens? Why don't you go look over there at Buckingham Palace? You know, Karen, I've always appreciated that you and I, for our many differences, both loathe the monarchy because we both know secretly they're aliens. Uh, that's why I'm glad yeah. Harry and Meghan got out of there as quick as they could. Yeah, that's it's fine. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's that sounds like that's what Karen would say. <laughs> that's fine, sure. Uh, I don't care. We'll talk one last thing, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, and we'll 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 call it a, a day. Uh, what, have you seen the trailer for the new Little Mermaid? Very excited for this new Little Mermaid film coming out. Uh, of course, there's some controversy with folks who uh, are uh, are are racist over the fact that uh, Halle Bailey, a black actress, will be playing the part of Ariel. But I think we're all very excited for this new movie. Am I right? I am not familiar with The Little Mermaid. Disney in general is not my thing. I think that the Mickey Mouse, um, while my children have all been to Disney World multiple, multiple times, I will not allow that in my house. That is, that is, that is satanic. You wouldn't allow a mouse in your house. No. (laughs) An anthropomorphic mouse who can sing and dance and get in a wacky antics. No. What is why? Why is he wearing those gloves, Tom? Why? What's he covering up with his hands? That's All what right. I want to know. That's and so one. that it's you know it, it. This is true. What else is true? So that Little Mermaid, you know, like the fact that she would give her voice to a sea witch to be in <laughs> favor of you know being hooking up with a man who she's not even married to, and we're worrying about the color of her skin. The story is so much more messed up than that, Tom. All so right. like. You know, it's just like, why would you do that? Your voice, it's your voice. And you, when you give up your voice, that means when you go to Burger King, you cannot speak to the manager. You know what? This is a much better direction than I thought we'd end up talking on that. So I'm very happy to hear. <laughs> Karen, it's always, a, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a pleasure for when you stop by, but it is, oh, you, know, you know, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's always good to see you. And then, I, you know, when you're ready, you come over, I'll take you to church. Certainly, whenever I see you, I think to myself, well, it's another day. I didn't die in my sleep, and that's good. That's uh, good. That's good. And it's always good to be here, but I got to get going because there's some, uh, you know, some people in retails whose lives I got to ruin. You right. know how it is. It's Saturday. Go get <laughs> It is Saturday. Go yeah. get them, Karen. Thanks yeah, for stopping I got a by. Coupon. I got a coupon for Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's see how loud uh, I'm going to get 20%. Mm-hmm. All right. Ned Thorne, let's kick it over to the panel. And join me in welcoming this week's panel. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to all these people again, who I think I've seen a couple of you in person, but it's been a while since I've seen all of you in in these little Zoom boxes. This is exciting. Uh, First up, very funny comedian uh, and uh, uh, witch as well. Uh, Kate Moran's back. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, you know, I'm very excited uh, to to the listening audience. Kate has a hocus pocus background on her on her Zoom feed. Uh, I am spooky season. Unusually excited to see that sequel because I saw the first one when it came out, and then I didn't watch it again until last year. And I was like, I actually like this movie. And I oh, now, it's a classic. It is, and it's you know what it is. What I love about it is that, and it's something I wish Disney did more of today. 
because a lot of their films, in my view, feel, you know, this is very important. Me, a childless person, <laughs> my opinion on Disney films is very important to them. Yes. <clears throat> but they feel very, you know, like kind of manufactured. They can be done by anything. I love Hocus Pocus because it's like Disney afternoon style kid movie. And then they're like, let's get three women who unbeknownst to these kids are just icons of the gay community and just have them do whatever they want for two hours at it's, these children. Yeah, pure camp. It's amazing. Texas should be mad about Hocus Pocus. Forget drag queens. Like, <laughs> Hocus Pocus got there 30 years ago. They got there before you even planned it, Governor Abbott. Oh, I'm sure we're going to see the wrath of, you know, the extremists uh, about the sequel coming up. Right now they're focusing on other things, but as we get closer to the release date, I'm sure they'll have something wrong with it. I would love, uh, I wouldn't love it. It'd be bad. But what if we, if we have literal witch burnings in America in 2022, I would not. Be yeah, wait, I'm sorry. Please don't, don't manifest clear. I would not love that, but it, <laughs> would it be a surprise? <clears throat> and then CNN just like doing their coverage. I'm loving oh the coverage. Oh my God. Of, some people say that they should be burned. Who's right? I mean, uh, if it could be maybe, you know, elected officials who lie, cheat, steal, you know, break the law, we could burn them. I'd be really into that. Um, you do a one-to-one, I guess. Maybe that could be the great compromise. I just leave us alone with our crystals. We're not hurting anybody, all right? Bet Midler and Donald Trump get burned in a moment of people trying to unify the country. Oh, uh, God. You each lose someone you love. Um, all right. I got sad. Uh, speaking of someone we love, uh, coming to us from uh, Pandora, I guess. Uh, Earl buddy Adam Tedros is here, uh, aka Flirt Vonnegut, host of Flirt Vonnegut's Fantasy Basement in the greater Philadelphia region. Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me. I feel inspired by you, Kate. Uh, I saw your hocus pocus background. I just wanted to let everybody know that James Cameron's avatar will be back in IMAX on September 23rd in anticipation of Avatar Way of the Water, which releases in December. So happy to be here to talk about politics and James Cameron's Avatar and sequels planned through 2028. It's really important to note that you might think that that was shameless of Adam, but we took a look and actually... Uh, in the bipartisan infrastructure deal, we now have to promote Avatar at least <laughs> once every six months. That's right. Yeah. I, I don't know like... how this wound up in the the, the freight uh, and, and transit strike, uh, but this was an <laughs> item uh, in the deal. And I just want to uh, applaud Mr. Biden. I really appreciate his attention to detail and to the, the, the 10 feet tall folks of the planet Pandora. The thing I love about uh, those Avatar sequels is like, I believe they were announced in like 2009. They've been going on for decades. Like this means I am 100% certain 20, 30 years from now, a movie will come out that's basically Argo, except about how the Avatar movies were used to rescue just thousands of Ukrainians. <laughs> and it was all just a cover for this. Yeah, I don't, somehow... I don't like the idea. I don't like whitewashing history, uh, but bluewashing. Oh, yeah. so I would really love to insert our heroes, Jake Sully and Nate Theory, uh, the whole clan. <laughs> Uh, and, and see what their impact on is on, you know, the way that the world is. I just want to say um, this came up the other day. Someone asked me why uh, this movie is coming back to theaters on September 23rd. And they said uh, it must be the 10 year anniversary or something. And I said, no, that was three years ago. This this isn't that they're just doing it. <laughs> they're just doing it. And, yeah. three, and, uh, three years ago, three years ago, they they 
Oh, we lost Robert George's. I fun. think it's because he hasn't been introduced formally on the show that his audio is not. <laughs> yeah. The gods were like, we can't have that fun yet. We haven't even said Robert's name. Yeah, this breaks podcast format. This yeah. hold on. <laughs> and with that, if he can still hear us, and if not, we'll pause and edit this later. Uh, of course, <laughs> Bloomberg Opinion Zone, Robert George. Robert. Uh, uh, we'll we'll back up the tape in our minds. Yeah, Three I'm, years I'm guessing, ago, I'm, I'm guessing, Avatar I'm did what? Guessing, Throw guessing. it down. Throw it down, big man. I I, I guess I cut out uh, for for, uh, for a moment there. Uh, sorry, but uh, uh, once again, yes, Robert George from uh, that uh, person who will not be named. Uh, All right, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. no, no, no. Uh, it's good to be back, Tom. And uh, I, I, what I said before was that. Uh, uh, Avatar was re-released three years ago to once again surpass uh, Endgame as the uh, biggest right. movie of all time, and now That's they're right. just doing a, uh, a, a a touchdown dance in the end zone just to you know to pad their lead, I guess. That's well, right, like and I'd like to point out that my Zoom has an Avatar slander filter installed. So, in anticipation of whatever Robert was going to say, <laughs> I think his mic cut out. Um, and now I was going to say that is some witchcraft. However, you guys got him to mute yeah, just for that, that moment is <laughs> incredible. Done. I pressed the big blue button, which I did have <laughs> installed. Uh, and that's well, I guess I'm not going to say my opinion about Avatar. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's, what, what is interesting, though, is that uh, I, I remember when um, when Terminator 2 came out. And people were like shocked that uh, Cameron like, came up with a sequel um, like eight years after the first one. And it's now like with Avatar, it's like he's saying, <laughs> please hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> and meanwhile, Top Gun was like, we waited until the entire new cast of this movie was born and matured into adulthood before we did our <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, I love uh, about Avatar is like it's one of the most successful films ever made. And uh, Adam mentioning the names of the characters just now, maybe it's like, oh, right. That's what those characters were named. (laughs) What an incredible, like greatest blockbuster that almost no one ever remembers or thinks of unless they're at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which I was. No cultural resonance at all. Uh, I am unapologetically genuinely a big fan yeah and i've done exactly what i want to do on a uh, a politics show which is uh, divert away from the fact that today was the only day of the year that i read the news and uh i'm I'm here to talk about (laughs) well done good job funny funny you don't look bluish all right (laughs) and with that we'll move from the uh we'll, we'll move on to talk about uh the news of the week and you know what as you've just gleaned listening uh, this is a panel where we have only one woman. So let's talk about abortion for a few minutes, gang. <laughs> Get ready for Perfect. me and Adam to have very strong opinions about Avatar <laughs> for the next 20 minutes and defer to you. Feels uh, like a normal work day for me. I love it. Right. Uh, so do a little, little, little uh, time travel here. Back in the month of June, the Supreme Court, who uh, you may have heard of, uh, um, uh, overturned Roe versus Wade. And the initial story was that the Democrats and the left were caught flat-footed, which was kind of embarrassing given uh, a month and a half beforehand, someone from the Supreme Court had been like, uh, they're going to do this. Uh, like They were all but like on a Friday in June. <laughs> Get ready for it. Uh, and then meanwhile, red states across the country mobilized to Uh, just have some incredibly sweeping bans and restrictions on abortion. And then a funny thing happened. Turns out 
that abortion is uh was the word uh, popular in America and or at least abortion rights. Um, and there was a little bit of a blowback. The the I believe Kansas had a referendum that uh, Kansas, uh, notoriously uh, not quite a blue state, <laughs> had a referendum where uh, the right to protect an abortion outperformed, I believe, Donald Trump's uh, final tally in 2020. Uh, and uh, uh, suddenly all of these uh, Republicans running for midterm races this fall uh, explicitly just took their abortion policies off their websites. Like, that's not a joke. Doug Mastriano, I believe in Pennsylvania, uh, when he was running in the primary, was like, abortion's the most important issue. And then he literally took it off his website the minute <laughs> Roe was overturned. And we saw a surge in voter registration, particularly women, particularly young women. Uh, and Republicans, I will say this uh, wisely, and I don't like to say that, uh, really tried to avoid talking about it at all. It was noted to me that the day, I remember Robert, you and I were talking that day. Um, <clears throat> uh, I will never get over the fact that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump were both like, well, well, other people were like, yeah, abortion's over. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, this is just saying states, individual states will deal with it. And, you know, if it works for New York, fine. And what works for Texas, like even those two guys were smart enough to be like, no, we can't win on this. Uh, so anyway, all summer long, suddenly the Republicans were caught flat-footed. And then along came a hero this week, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, <laughs> who announced, uh, first of all, so I love this, not only did he announce it, but he uh, announced on, I believe it was Tuesday night, that the next morning he was going to hold a press conference where he announced a nationwide abortion ban. <laughs> So like he gave people 12 hours to just get ramped up and furious <laughs> and he said, ban. <clears throat> and the law that he announced uh, or that he is going to propose to the United States Senate would be a ban after 15 weeks. Uh, it would you know, protect abortion up to that point, although individual states could do whatever they want, but it'd be a nationwide federal uh, ban. And uh, his exact words in his press conference was, uh, were, you know, if we take the Senate this bill will be passed. If Democrats hold the Senate, I don't think it'll even get a vote. Maybe those aren't the exact words, but that's the sentiment that he expressed. And uh, what a great moment for the Democratic National Committee it must have been when, when he wrote those ads for him and uh, uh, for them. And instantly, some of the most conservative Republicans across the country were like, ah, uh, we're not sure if that's a great idea. Uh, Robert George, you have a point to make. I turn to you, of course, our foremost voice on abortion rights. No, I, 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 I'm going to defer to Kate on the, on the specifics of abortion, but I do want to bring in one uh, important political point here that why the Republicans got really ticked about, uh, about, um, uh, about Lindsey Graham just apart from the actual specific issue of abortion. Um, the day he announced this was when uh, these, like this really bad, higher than expected um, inflation report um, came out, which is what all the Republicans wanted to actually focus on and hammer Biden um, about inflation and the economy and so forth. And then Lindsey Graham comes in and drops this um, abortion bomb, which, um, I mean, they don't like to talk about the issue in and of itself, but the fact that it also blew up their, 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 their talking points on inflation and, um, and, and, and bagging the administration um, also, like that's one of the main reasons why they were so furious with um, Graham. 
And it's worth noting that polling has found inflation and abortion are the top two issues motivating voters this fall uh, to vote in the midterms. Um, so with that in mind, and I think one other thing to take a quick look at here is that 15 weeks, very specific and uh, uh, or a very, very deliberate number. That is a number that when you get out of the sort of black and white polling of ban abortion versus not ban abortion, 15 weeks is a number that a lot of people who are against explicit bans are perhaps uh, open to or interested in or like, you know, can can find compromises on. And that would, you know, I think 93% of abortions happen before that 15 week period. So that is probably part of why that deliberate choice was made. But uh, uh, I have a theory about why, uh, how Lindsey Graham still screwed up regardless, but- And it was, and it was a reduction, by the way, Tom, it was a reduction in, uh, he, had, he had introduced a version, uh, he had introduced a version of this um, be, be, well before Roe v. Wade a few times in the last few years. And it was it was a twenty week ban, uh, or the twenty weeks um, was where the uh, the cutoff uh, the cutoff was um, for for him. And he had about um, I think maybe as many maybe as many as forty or forty five Republicans signing on to that twenty week ban. Um, you know, be, before Roe got struck down. So it's interesting that he brings in the same bill, but uh, decides to um, move it move it down to 15 weeks. And then I believe 1998, he introduced a bill that was just women would just have to be covered in tarps the minute they left their home. The first tarp act. All right. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk. That was awful. Tom. How that dare so you awful. shake your head at that? Sir? <laughs> Not only was it a bad pun, it was so freaking obscure. Um, oh, sorry. The, the I forgot who I was dealing act. with. Okay. Mr. Contemporary over here. Anyway. Oh, oh you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, so I want to just throw all that stuff to kind of set the table, the nuance, but let's talk for a moment uh, 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 just about, you know, as I said, like, it's mind boggling political uh, uh, reasons behind this. When Mitch McConnell's like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, you've screwed up as a Republican, but let's talk for a moment. <clears throat> I think it's very important, like the optics of this. I believe he had a group of women behind him. I believe they were uh, 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 elected leaders and and leaders of uh, of uh, of the the anti-abortion rights movements. Uh, but it was pro, still, a bunch of pro-life, a, a bunch of pro-life uh, organizations. Pro sure, anti-choice, anti-abortion rights, as I say. Pro-life, pro-life. I think pro-life, pro-life is an interesting word to say. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, there's we no. Like to, we, we like to use, we we like to refer to the groups, but how they describe themselves. So yeah, right. I would well, well, Planned Parenthood is a pro-choice organization. I would refer to Concerned Women for America or whatever they call themselves as a pro-life organization. So I'm being equitable in terms of, uh, you know, you, you, you're supposed to respect people as to, as to how they present themselves. Right? Well, I'll take a look at their health care options for their staff before I make a decision on whether or not they're pro-life and their paid leave situation. Kate, uh, <laughs> um, not to just throw this directly to you, but I think it's important to talk about, like you said, aside all that, like to me, it was just the, 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 the optics of well, first of all, something I love about politicians is like they look in the mirror and think like, I'm the person who can do this. And I love that Lindsey Graham woke up and it was like, it's going to take one person to bring everyone together on abortion. This guy, <laughs> like one of the most unlikable men in politics. Um, uh, and I'm just taking, I want to, I'm curious, you know, like not just thought your, your, you know, how, your reaction a to like earlier in the summer and the, the decision in June, straight up to that moment of seeing Lindsey Graham being like, I solved it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's there's so much to unpack here, honestly. Um, I think 
Okay. Going just very simply about the Roe v. Wade issue overall, from my perspective, I think that this is a privacy issue. I think it's a autonomy issue. It's about agency and choice. I think the whole negotiation of how many weeks or whether it's viable or what qualifies as a reasonable excuse to get an abortion are red herrings and um, false arguments. I think it's it really has to come down to the person and their doctor and what they decide is the best choice. There are, there's been a lot of literature, a lot of opinions and anecdotes that have come out. I know many people who have had abortions. I know many people who have struggled to get pregnant, had miscarriages, had ectopic pregnancies. We've talked in great detail about those, about every, I'm one of those people who like wants to eventually become pregnant. And so I've also, anytime I'm talking to a friend who has gone through something like that, I interview them like intensely. I'm like, give me every single gory detail. Pregnancy is fucking, sorry, can I swear on this? I forget, it's been a while. Okay, pregnancy is fucking traumatic. It is scary as hell. It is so fucking like uh, invasive and and just gross. And the risks to your health as a person to become pregnant and stay pregnant or not are just crazy. And I still want it, which is crazy. That I don't, that's a whole other thing. But to force that upon someone because of what you deem to be acceptable or not is insane to me as a first world country. Like that's just insane. Quote unquote, first world country. That aside, Lindsey Graham doing this, I think maybe like you kind of have been framing Tom could be a good thing in a way that it, you know, as long as nothing off passes, which right now, I don't think anything really would with the current government that we have in a federal way, but I think people need to stay angry. I think people, the backlash was, and the response was so intense right off the bat, you know, and I think people were really let down by both the Democratic and Republican Party. I think overall women and people who have uteruses across the country were like, what the fuck? Like you knew about this, like you said, you knew about this for a month and a half, you did nothing and you're not protecting our rights. And now they're in like now, you know, the Supreme Court is there's rumors of them talking about going after gay marriage, going after interracial marriage, things that are concrete blocks of our society and have become mainstream accepted. Um, and these are human rights we're talking about. This is just human rights. So I think in a way, great, divert from the attention. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I am liberal, but I'm not someone who's like vote Democrat no matter what. I think there needs to be a really big conversation and examination of our elected officials and who they are, what they stand for. We need more people running and, and participating in local government. And we need to really make sure that we're, you know, that the whole kind of wheel of self uh, benefiting, you know, old bureaucracy doesn't just continue to operate as, as it always has. You know, I think the people are starting to wake up and honestly, things that outrage them are going to force them to the polls. So uh, keep it up, Lindsay. Is <laughs> what I would say. Keep it up. May I Lindsay, ask a question? Keep it up. Can I just add yes, a question in here? By all means. Um, so uh, I'm actually I'm curious uh, about your opinion on this strategy, Kate. But uh, doesn't it seem like I should, let me not lead the question. Um, what is your take on the legitimacy of this even being an idea, as opposed to just being an additional? Uh, let's say puck tossed onto an air hockey table just to keep people busy and distracted as we're getting closer to the races. Uh, you know, it's 
if you would have asked me this, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I don't know. I, I, the thing is the government nowadays is so unpredictable to me. I think like a lot of what we were taught growing up in our social studies classes, like just doesn't seem to be applicable anymore. Anything can happen. Reality stars are presidents, you know, it's like, uh, Supreme courts can undo amendments. So, you know, I think, um, it's hard to say. I do think with the current make of the House and Senate right now, I don't think anything would actually ever pass. Um, I, you know, but I don't want to. I don't want to ever say never. You know, but I think we're really close to midterms. I think, you know, it, it's that's a really good point though that you bring up is like what is and I think the American public needs to be aware of that. What are distractions? What are you know? What are the what's the smoke and mirrors magic trick that's preventing us from looking at real issues that are happening actively and hiding more sinister deeds? So, yeah. so I want to quickly. Oh, go ahead, Robert. Go ahead. Okay. Since we're just um, talking political strategy, um, I, I'm going to try, uh, in, and I, it's difficult for me to do this, but I'm going to try and be like a Lindsey Graham whisperer here. And, oh, and didn't put yourself in his mind. They, they, look, no, no, this no, is no, ASMR no, because... that I do not want. <laughs> <laughs> no, Let's I mean, you know, putting 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 the jokes aside for for, for just a moment. Uh, I think, and this is really the only, I haven't, I haven't talked to Senator Graham or those around him, but I, I think that, the, the, uh, and even his Republican um, colleagues obviously are disagreeing on this, but I think his thought is that uh, the abortion issue definitely fired up um, uh, uh, progressives and, uh, and Democratic voters. And, and it seems, you know, um, some, um, pro-choice Republican voters as well as the as the Kansas um, as a Kansas referendum um, showed up. So uh, the, the, so and, and Tom mentioned you know a, a number of Republican candidates you know trying to run for the hills and scrub their um, um, scrub their websites and and so forth like you know Blake Masters in Arizona being n notorious about that. So uh, the Republicans are like realize they've got kind of a a, a big problem in in a lot of the states that aren't hardcore hardcore red states. So I think Graham's thinking is uh, the progressive base is activated. Um, what's the possible best case scenario of trying to activate uh, or, or energize um, the, the the conservative uh, uh, conservative um, base? Uh, let's put this out there and let them know. That um, uh, if if you elect a, a, a Republican Senate, um, we'll at least try and put this um, put this legislation uh, up for a vote, knowing that it's not it wouldn't it wouldn't pass even 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 if the Republicans took the Senate. But we would actually we would actually do this. So that that's why he had those um, elected leaders and. Um, members of the, of the social conservative groups and so forth um, be, be behind him, because I think it, he wanted to try and send a signal to, to the best way possible to try and um, energize uh, conservative organizations to say, we need you to get your, your vote out too, because we're expecting this huge um, uh, backlash wave coming from, um, coming from progressive women on this issue. I want to quickly, uh, so I think you're absolutely right. I think that was the the strategy. I think that's, I said this at the top, it, you know, it felt like mid to early, early to mid 2000s Democratic strategy, which uh, for, for the kids at home was not a great one. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not much better now, but back then, woof. I mean, you know, that's, uh, and I say this as a, 
uh, John Kerry apologist, uh, the man voted for the war before he voted against it. Explain what that means. I still can't. Um, <clears throat> but, and I say that to say like the, the exact name, so this is important, I, the name of the act that Lindsey Graham, this is, this is what made me think, wow, this is bad, uh, bad, bad messaging. The name of the act is uh, the Protecting Pain-Capable Unborn Children from Late-Term Abortions Act, which is, uh, or as friend of the show and friend of mine, Robert's Ivan Cohen, great comic book writer, check out his work, called it the Pacuflata Act. So, <laughs> uh, it's uh, wild to me, though, that he thought this strategy was a smart idea. I mean, I guess it's not wild um, that he thought it was a smart idea, just because, to your point earlier, Tom, that Right now, I mean, I haven't polled all of Americans. I haven't looked at the latest numbers. This is pure anecdotally, but I think inflation is probably one of the biggest, most concerns right now for the average American. Yeah. I mean, at, at this time, it kind of, I feel like everyone is on the struggle bus financially, and they could have used that opportunity to, if they really wanted to, you know, point fingers at Biden and the Democrats. That is something I think that is very top of mind and universally kind of an issue. And a winnable argument. That is yeah. very much kind of, you know, over here, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't affect the entire country, right? This abortion. You know, that, that's exactly, that exactly those, but, 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 uh, you know, that's what I was alluding to before. I mean, not just the fact that he puts this issue out there, but he, he picks the worst possible, if he like, if he had just waited, if he, if Lindsey Graham had just like adopted like a 24 hour waiting period before he decided to, <laughs> decided before he, before he, he makes this, um, this decision, which, you know, which could terminate the Republican um, party's chances in, um, in November. You solid. Know, this it, is solid work. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good job, Lindsey Graham. Solid wordplay, Robert, as well. Thank you very much. Um, oh, yes. Well, no, but I'd say like going back to, I want to say the mid 2000s, it's a thing that, it. we, Sorry. We, that we've <laughs> talked about on this show when i talk about my my loathing of the united states senate uh one thing i find that this kind of just redounds to the benefit of uh maybe my time like and exactly like robert made the point this could galvanize a bit like let's not pretend for a moment that you know anti-abortion rights voters haven't had their voices made uh, very clearly in this country in the past but I think I look at Lindsey Graham and I think this is a guy who pulled from the mid 2000s playbook when abortion bans were more popular. I think you like a, a thing he could have done. And I'm glad he didn't. I want to be clear. It's like I'd have called this an abortion protection act. Like we will protect abortions up to 15 weeks because then the goal, then he could have divided Democratic voters a little bit. This is a person, in my view, who thinks that the world of abortion is still early 2000s where like most people, I mean, the big strategy for Democrats in the 2006 election uh, and in Pennsylvania, they found like literally they just found uh, Democrats who were either uh, like good on everything but gun rights or abortion rights, whatever was the uh, the biggest issue in their race, ran them. And then that then suddenly voters who had otherwise been voting Republican were like, oh, yeah, Rick Santorum's crazy. I guess I'll vote for Bob Casey Jr. Um, <clears throat> and uh, like and I think it was such a like mired in that era. It's like you could see Lindsey Graham being like, most Americans don't like abortion. It's like, actually, like most Americans, I mean, you know, I always get annoyed when it's like when people are like, ooh, do they like abortion? Do they not? Like to me, that's like saying, do you like any medical procedure? It's like, I am right. neutral on all medical procedures. If I need one, I'll get one. Uh, but I think most people are, particularly in the wake of uh, Dobbs, like are, you know, you've seen a bunch of people, and Robert, you and I talked about this a little bit, um, 
a bunch of people have sort of a reaction of like, maybe I am personally against this, but I am uncomfortable with the government having this kind of say, or uh, Robert, you and I were talking about this the day the decision came down, that Clarence Thomas uh, screed that he released, you know, going explicitly, Kate, you alluded to some of this, not just interracial and same-sex marriage, but contraception rights and contraception rights between married couples, which- I do want to make a, I, I do make Well, a, I want to say like very quickly, like that is a thing that was sort of, you have a lot of voters in the suburbs, conservative voters, particularly conservative women who were perhaps personally anti-abortion or even voting anti-abortion. And part of their reasoning was like, well, contraception exists. And suddenly you have a Republican movement being like, well, let's get rid of that. And even they were like, well, what? <laughs> like, you know, it kind of, it changed it. What Lindsey Graham, I think, was attempting to do this week was to be like, we're the moderate voice on mm -hmm. abortion rights. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it worked. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, I mean, that, that was the, that, that was the idea. The idea. In fact, um, uh, if memory serves me correctly, I, I, I was alluding to when he uh, previously introduced a version of this bill, um, and, it, and it was a twenty-week. Twenty-week was uh, was the cutoff cutoff point. Uh, he did. He tried to push that then as as a as as the compromise, as uh, saying you know that that, that uh, uh, anybody who's supportive of of, um, of abortion above twenty weeks is is being the extreme person. And the, the other the other point I wanted to make was that uh, just to be very clear, and it's important that we make this distinction. Um, when the Dobbs decision um, that overturned Roe came down, um, uh, Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion. Um, said uh, that uh, the, the, the legislation or the, the laws that are on the books right now, the previous Supreme Court decisions that he thinks should be looked at and, and overturned were um, Griswold, um, which was the, which Griswold, which was the contraception um, one, uh, Lawrence versus Texas, which um, is the one that uh, basically legalized uh, consensual sex between any um, uh, between any individuals, but particularly um, particularly gays in Texas and so forth, um, and um, Oberk and Obergefell, which was the um, which was the gay marriage one. Um, notably, he did not include um, uh, interracial interracial marriage um, as as one of those things, and so I, I think it's important to note that he he, he left it, left that out. We can, um, you know, reasonable people can draw their own conclusions as to why that. Was. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> an important distinction. Yeah, okay. yeah. nothing else. It would have been an awkward night at home, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, I don't want to leave this segment. Um, and uh, <clears throat> permit me uh, in being the emotional and reductive pundit on today's show. Uh, I don't want to leave this segment before expressing my disgust in pain-capable unborn child protection. Fuck. Awful. That. Awful. Fuck. Awful. Fuck. Fuck awful that. marketing. Awful marketing. Um, Somebody should have aborted ordered, aborted that name early on. Early right. on. You awesome. went too far. You went too far. You <laughs> nailed it weird. with that I'm, earlier I'm losing joke. Connection with Robert George again. I don't oh. know what has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Did he say Where's something nasty about Avatar? Was it truly upsetting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's very, um, it's, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, reasonable people could debate uh, the legitimacy of that argument. And I assume that three reasonable people on this call would have one stance and one reasonable person a different. But regardless, uh, I think no one can disagree. Terrible name. <laughs> Terrible. Well, yeah, that was the word I was trying to think of earlier. It's straw man arguments, right? Like that's what it is. And because also, I mean, look, we've there's been so much literature that's come out about this and, and opinions and articles the amount of late-term abortions that actually happen in this country are incredibly, incredibly low and mostly linked to severe medical reasons. And this is what it comes down to. How do you prove intent when it comes to abortion? How do you prove intent for a medical procedure? How do you avoid punishing people with uteruses who have to then go through these incredibly traumatic experiences? You know, that's what I think that's what we should be focusing on. It's a privacy act. Uh, now, I, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, I, I, I think that's largely true, and I think that's the, uh, th that is actually one of the arguments, if memory serves me, one of the, one of the ads that, um, uh, one of the ads that was run in, in Kansas, in terms of um, knocking back, uh, knocking back that uh, referendum that would have allowed the legislature to expand the, the types of restrictions um, on abortion they had in Kansas. I also think that uh, if, 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 I, if I understand correctly, um, uh, Montana uh, of all places uh, uh, passed uh, an, an amendment uh, to its constitution, gosh, this is um, several years ago, maybe even, maybe even a decade or two ago, um, th that uh, has a privacy amendment in its constitution and um, uh, 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 women's health care choices are um, uh, uh, um, fit under that, uh, under that umbrella. Uh, because I, I saw um, a map showing, you know, states, you know, the states that, that already had um, uh, bans or bans that uh, abortion bans that would go into effect um, if Roe was struck down, but also states where they, it was protected within the state law, the state constitution, and like in the midst of all of these um, red states which have all of these like, strong restrictions, um, there's like Montana <laughs> that just kind of pops out. Yeah, uh, that is that is correct. It is a just double checking off of that. Yep, that is a uh, it is protected under the constitutional rights of privacy in the state of Montana. Uh, yeah, it's, Montana's got a little bit of like it's more conservative than Maine, but it's got a little bit of what I like, you know, as we talked on this show, I love describing Maine as a state where they love two things, guns and abortion rights. Uh, and, you know, Montana, maybe not as much love, but similarly, it's a, you know, and a thing, a voice that I think Colorado fits into that, into that as well. And we talked about this a little bit after the, the Dobbs decision. Like, you have a large number of people in this country who are personally opposed to abortion, but are even more opposed to the government having a say in that matter uh, and, you know, what that can mean. And I think, you know, I, I think uh, that's who Lindsey Graham was trying to reach this week. And I don't think it worked. Uh, also, like, just imagining, <laughs> I'll never go over, like, Lindsey Graham, like, oh, what a guy. I mean, there's a guy, he ran for president. <laughs> <laughs> like he was like i i could win this thing love it when they do that anyway donald, and donald trump donald trump doxed his phone number in the middle of the campaign is but but now he's like his his best buddy yeah know? well i mean hey uh politicians uh lack in um self-awareness i would say you know yeah. so self-awareness and integrity self-respect <laughs> i mean remember we've got people like you know you know, Ted Cruz, I mean, Donald Trump called his wife ugly and he like says, oh, well, you know, that's just Donald. Yeah. 
I mean, it's almost like the United States Senate. Like, we're not sending our best people. I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, I think, again, this, well, sorry, just real quick. I mean, I think stop this myself also... from a joke that, about Lindsey Graham. I was oh. like, that's not fair. <laughs> you should... Oh, please. Wait, no, now no, I no, 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 no. Save that for I think time. a lot of these things are, are, you know, I mean, this is, I think, an overall government criticism. Our Band-Aids, right? They're just kind of fresh coats of paint over an asbestos ceiling. Um, that is a lot of issues. Like, why we don't have term limits. Like, why, you know, why uh, we have so many issues to begin with. There's so... Yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought because I just got angry and imploded on the inside. But you Look, know, I think you're talking to someone who, in the middle of a vacation last week with his family, relaxing, messaged Robert George a complete panic attack over the fact that Diane Feinstein could become president uh, of the Senate uh, if the Democrats keep the Senate, uh, because the president of the Senate, as we may recall, fourth in line for the presidency, and of course, again, the decision making of who runs this country is. The president elected by popular vote and electoral vote. Vice president, similarly done. Speaker of the House elected by the people's representatives. President of the Senate, the oldest person here. <laughs> and that's who's fourth in line. And all due respect to Senator Feinstein and her accomplished career, which I agree with some things and other things, but uh, as reports have indicated, uh, she might not know what year it is. And if that's the case, she probably shouldn't be in line to the president. Right, just, just to be clarified, it's the, it's, it's the uh, person with this senior most service. Sometimes, Sorry, that's most, true. Senior most of the most time, it, it, it quite often happens to be the oldest person there, but not always. Yeah, I'll put it this way. Uh, if I recall correctly, Robert Byrd uh, was 300 years old when he was president of the Senate. Strom Thurmond <laughs> was 500, so he would oh, even- There you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, man, I still can't believe Strom managed to go from being uh, emissary of the king to president of the Senate. Anyway, um, uh, that's almost mean. I don't know. Oh, sorry no, for that background. It's too, that, that's, that's perfect humor, in my opinion. This, that's the kind of stuff that I, I think, uh, um, uh, what is it, uh, from SNL, Dick, uh, um, um, he wrote the... Uh, those moments, calming moments from those quotes. What the hell? You you guys know comedy or comedy? Oh, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack Handy. Uh, Jack Handy. Yes, Jack yeah. Handy. This is a Jack Handy approved. Jokes about skeletons and knights. It's good for everyone. No one can yeah. be offended. You know what it is? It's the kind of like good, funny jibes that like make you laugh, but you don't think too much that you hear as like sarcastic asides in a great film series like, say, Avatar. Uh, Avatar back in theater soon and the sequel's coming out next year. I really appreciate uh, now. Oh that's what those those creatures with what they, you call them prehensile tale, tales. I call All right. Them, I call them reprehensile tales. Okay. All right. Okay. Watch I yourself, see, counselor. Watch yourself. I am this close to logging off. I'm just letting you order, know. Order, order. That's all right. Ferris, me too. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, let's no, talk no, about no, all right. That's enough, okay. Man. Overruled. <laughs> Uh, Can we just get back to old jokes? I like those. Let's <laughs> I, you look, the Dobbs decision, if it had included uh, conservative pundits can't make puns anymore, I think we'd have been like, well, I still disagree with this, but I appreciate that they had an olive branch towards our side. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about uh, another national tragedy going on. Um, governor, uh, so, so uh, governors of Texas and Florida, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis, uh, among others, but like, I believe it's primarily been, been them. Uh, oh, no, the Doug Ducey of Arizona did a little bit. Some the of the Deuce of Arizona, as we call him. Um, 
because we do have an asylum seeker, we have a migrant crisis, which seems to only get a lot of airplay about a month out of a midterm election, although it is a legitimate issue, um, uh, have been sending asylum seekers to blue states to kind of show show us namby-pamby coastals what just how big of a challenge it really is and how if we're going to be sanctuary cities, uh, we, we should have to, to, to welcome these folks in. Uh, and we're doing that mostly, <laughs> um, but uh, big stunts were pulled this week uh, with, uh, I believe, uh, I'm going to mix up, I believe, all right, so it was DeSantis who sent uh, migrants from Florida to, uh, or asylum seekers rather, from Florida to, uh, to Martha's Vineyard, uh, and uh, Abbott who sent them directly to the Naval Observatory, which is where we let the vice president live, which is just to me a fun thing that we're like, well, we can do that observatory. It's like, I guess the vice president can live there. Um, uh, and uh, in what I think everyone can agree are political stunts, um, and uh, uh, it has now led to a debate about whether or not, you know, these folks in the blue states are just talking a good game. But once they are forced with having to deal with accommodating these folks, uh, you know, suddenly there there's the not in my backyardism uh, or, you know, like and, and other debates about, you know, whether or not it would be helpful if we had some better policies at our border. I'll agree. Uh, and I think the most important thing to me is it's real gross to see families <laughs> use this way. <laughs> yeah, how is this legal? I don't understand how you That's can just I, yeah. take bus or plane loads of people and ship them like a bag of flaming poop on ding dong ditch your neighboring state i just don't understand how that's isn't well, this uh, like by some technicality or not even maybe literally is this not human trafficking it's, right i mean it is so repulsive to even have to comment on this it's so nasty and not to mention a terrible plan to send these folks to Martha's Vineyard, where a lot of, you know, wealthy white liberals get a PR win by taking care of people in our community and saying, look at all the, the photos we took of the beds we made and we're going to help them out and then send them somewhere else. It's it's such God. It well, is not. Okay. I'll say quickly. I'll just quickly say it. The part of why it's not trafficking is that like, you know, it is a like le like all of the a lot of the early transportation. I can't speak to this week's specifics because I do think there's, as I understand, it, some questions about who paid for those right. flights from Florida. But uh, it is actually like what these non-sanctuary cities are <laughs> and states are supposed to do, which is like put these people in reasonable accommodations of buses and send them somewhere else. So actually it's completely legal. It's the flat <laughs> fee. That it, what bothers me is, uh, you know, uh, so many infinite things, but uh, the, the flat rejection to coordinate how this works is what is just mind blowing to me. The notion that we, I think we can all agree, everyone, all sides can agree that there's a, a problem that needs to be solved. And in turn, to pull a stunt like this by not coordinating with the, the destination where these, these human beings will arrive, not telling them where they're going, not telling the folks on the other side when they're going to get there or how to assist them, you know, is saying we have a problem here. And instead of choosing to do something to solve it, in, in which case, you know, to your point, Tom, I think this is how it ought to be with planning, with coordination, with a communication between all parties so we understand how to care. I mean, for these but these officials don't even see their constituents as human beings. That's the thing you have to view. Yeah. The, you have to look at these people as human beings to even care about them. To them, it's their their pawns in a game. Yeah.
Okay, I, I let me. Uh, I just want to add one quick thing. I'm sorry, Robert, but the, and an important thing to note is we are talking about asylum seekers, which means, you know, setting aside uh, uh, how we talk about these things. These are not people who are here illegally. These are people who are going through a legal process of seeking asylum. Yeah, so, Robert, go right. ahead, uh, take it oh, away as the okay. person who's paid more I, attention to this than me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am going to. Uh, let, I'm going to first stipulate uh, absolutely that this is, you know, a political stunt. Um, it should be it should be noted that um, both uh, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis are running for re-election um, this year. So, uh, and uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, it is reported, you know, has some uh, higher office um, um, thoughts in mind Abbott you know, as well. after his re-election. So. Uh, the, the politics of this are, are, are kind of clear. That said, um, I want to make a, a little bit of a distinction. Um, Greg Abbott um, and, and Doug Ducey of Arizona, uh, to, to kind of a lesser extent, um, as uh, objectionable as what they're doing, and particularly the point that Adam made about you know, not alerting, um, you know, New York um, or Chicago or where, or some of these other places that, 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 the, that, that, that these um, migrants, these asylum seekers are being sent there and, you know, giving them some kind of a, some kind of a heads up, you know, that, that's, that, that's, that's completely, totally indefensible. Um, I think Ducey and Abbott can uh, at least make the argument um, that uh, they are border states and they they are legitimately being overwhelmed by um, by all these numbers that are are, are, are crossing the border. Uh, should should the uh, federal government be doing more? Not just not just on the general you know um, demagogic lines. Oh, border security, border security. But should they be doing more um, to give? Texas, particularly some, uh, particularly some of the, the the folks down in El Paso, which are you know this sort of like the you know, kind of bluer regions um, of, of of Texas, um, they are the the nonprofit agencies and so forth that are trying to deal with all of these uh, with with all of these um, arriving asylum seekers. They're being they are being they're being overwhelmed as as well. So there is a real major issue down there, and the federal government should be working um, much closer um, with uh, um, with the state and with the with the local municipalities down there. So that so that is a problem. And uh, Abbott again. I'm recognizing the politics that he's trying to, and he's who he's trying to appease to, um, but he can also be he can also make the argument that the asylum seekers, um, while they have a legal right to be here and legal right to to, to have their claims adjudicated, um, the constituents that that Abbott is focusing on are are his constituents, whether they voted for him or not. He's he's trying to deal with. This 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 problem and and that's the constituents that he's focusing uh, that's that he's focusing on. So in that sense, I'm not making a defense of what Abbott is doing, but I'm just trying to you know get into his mindset and 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 how uh, he's trying to work this out. That said, um, um, Ron DeSantis is like is like the real kind of villain in here because number one, um, he is trying to I think jump on board. He's he's noticing Abbott getting some attention here. And so he has to try and figure out how he can make put himself in the story. 
Florida does not have a border with um, with, with with Mexico. Florida Florida does have some migrant issues, but in, historically it's been the, the, historically it's been those from Cuba and the you know the the uh, the dry foot wet foot um, policy and things like that. So they've always they've had some they've had some uh, they've had some issues. Uh, I mean, going back forty years, there was this major. Um, uh, uh, situation when when uh, Castro opened up all the prisons and 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 sent and sent everybody over to Florida and, and that that became a that became a, ma a major a major crisis. In fact, interesting note um, led to um, led to Bill Clinton losing his reelection in 1978 for governor because um, when uh, the, these migrants ended up in Florida. The federal government uh, relocated them to a number of different states. One of them being Arkansas, and uh, Clinton ended up getting blowback uh, in terms of how that was that was handled, and he ended up losing his reelection, and then and then and, and then had to run run for office run for office again. Uh, so th that's that that has been historically that's too bad for him. That, that's that, that historic <laughs> that's historically been um, the issue the issue down in Flo in Florida. Um, what there have been reports that uh, um, DeSantis sent some of his people um, to Texas to reroute um, uh, uh, Venezuelan migrants that had had landed there, bring them to Florida, and then send them up to Martha's Vineyard, and so he can he can proclaim, "Oh yes, I sent them up to I sent them up to Martha's Vineyard." I mean, I mean, there are stunts and there are stunts. What Abbott is doing is is a stunt, but you can actually say, "Well, it's, it is involving things that are going on in his state." DeSantis is just like jumping on the bandwagon, and it's I mean, it's sleazy and it's slimy, and, and there's, there's, no, not, there's no getting at all. If I'm not mistaken, people are unclear at this time on who paid for those flights. It could have been the Florida taxpayers, which. Uh, not great, but I'm sure Charlie Crystal figured that out. Uh, I want to take a moment, just be petty towards Texas and then fair towards Texas. And the petty side of Texas, and I say as I have family down in Texas, love, I've had a wonderful time ever, every time I visit. It's amazing cities down there. Uh, Texas certainly uh, uh, could have money and resources to deal with this if they actually like tax the people of their state and didn't just rely on the federal government to bail them out every single time there's a disaster. Anyway, now being fair towards Texas, I will say like it is completely fair to say like and a exactly to Adam's point like in a in a right in a world that is not full of political stunts and where things are handled just there's nothing wrong with the governor saying we don't have resources to deal with with this number of people. We need to send them somewhere that it, that does have resources. New York, you've got the resources. They're going to be here at you're. They're going to be there by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. We're sending them now. Here's the bus numbers. Here's the number of people. Here's all the information we could get from them. Good luck. Handle it from there. That is a reasonable, fair thing. Exactly. Like just being like, get them on the bus. Good luck. Yeah, no, you're going somewhere. Have fun. And you know our mayor and governor having to be like, we think they're coming here this time tomorrow is not great. And in fact, uh, pretty, pretty offensive. Not to um, mention, Tom, that the, you know, there are also reports of uh, the, the migrants, the folks getting on these planes being lied to yes. directly about where they are going and what is on the other side of this travel. And that's, that's what, you know, for me, this is how I do not see how this is different at all from the reverse uh, freedom rides in the 1960s 
the mm-hmm. you know white supremacist racist fueled reverse reverse freedom rides not the freedom rides you know the anti freedom rides yeah. uh in in which people were lied to lured with the idea of reconnecting with families or having opportunities or jobs or safety or security and just shipped to a different place to prove a point it's 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 and disgusting. i believe like that is very like i'm sure it's happened a few places but i know like the place where those stories have stood out most are the the desantis uh, to Martha's Vineyard uh, yeah. thing. What's fascinating to me about this is like, you know, uh, I, I, and I'll be fair to one Republican in America <laughs> besides Robert George, um, and that's Governor Charlie Baker of Massachusetts really uh, showed who is a Republican, but uh, from planet Earth, um, you know, and Massachusetts Republicans a little different from your Texas and Florida Republicans, it would say, you know, demonstrated how to handle it, like just sort of was very, you know, very measured and like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move them here. You know, of course, the New York Post cover today is, oh, they've been deported from Martha's Vineyard to a military base. But in fact, they are moving these people responsibly to a facility that the federal government, you know, has oversight of and thus, you know, can be accountable to and a safe place for these people to be while we figure out the next steps. And I appreciate the way he handled it. Like he didn't throw bombs. He was just like, we've got a lot of people. It's a humanitarian crisis. I'm going to help figure this out. You know, of course, Baker's not running for reelection this year. Uh, And also he's a Republican in the, the bluest state in America. But even so, like, I appreciated the way he approached it with that sort of like, let's think about the people and how we can help, you know, make sure exactly like, you know, like not to not to be like a NIMBY person, but I can also appreciate being like, you know, like it's it. I'm glad that you have these nonprofits and and people volunteering and the like, but ultimately, like, you know, the federal government needs to do more here and saying, like, we are going to figure this out so that the burden is not on. Uh, the people of Martha's Vineyard enjoying those last few weekends before they got to go back to the work. Um, you know, I'm going to take charge here, but also like, remember the burden is the issue, not these people. These are human beings and we have a humanitarian crisis. Robert, you had a point. Go ahead. Um, well, I was just going to say that, that uh, the, the, the migrants were welcomed uh, at Martha's Vineyard. I, I, I think it's only, I think it's, I think it's only, I think it's only 50 of them. But it, it, it is a little bit unusual, I guess, that, you know, that they're, that they land on Martha's Vineyard, they, they get to Martha's Vineyard one day, and it's like two days later, they're shipped off to the, the they're shipped off to the military base. So I, 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 I the argument that the, the, the NIMBY, the NIMBY charge uh, of, uh, the, the, and again, they're not being deported, but I, it, it's, uh, it, it does look, it, it does look a little bit. Um, Have you ever been to the Martha's Vineyard military base? It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but, uh, but no, I, t- I, t- I take your, I, you know, I, t- I, t- I take your point and, and you know, and Baker, you know, ha- Baker handled it fine. And, and most of the folks have handled it and, and Martha's venues ha- handled it fine as well. But it is kind of interesting that they did, uh, they did manage to do that rather, um, rather, rather, you know, rather, rather quickly. Um, but, but that, but, you know, that is something, you know, that is something to, to uh, that I think the federal government needs to think about um, that, you uh, uh, are there? Uh, we we are uh, in the middle of a um, of, of a historical surge um, in terms of the the number of folks that are crossing crossing the border. Uh, it's never been this high. Um, I mean, I, I spoke to some to, to some of the, to some uh, uh, immigration experts down in D.C. yesterday because I'm, I'm I'm writing about I'm writing about this. Um, 
it is unlikely that uh, the numbers at the border are ever going to drop down to, like, like say, pre-pandemic levels, because uh, uh, historically, the, the the folks that have been coming in uh, or, or trying to uh, uh, apply for asylum, most of them have been uh, like. Um, like Mexico and what they call the Northern Triangle um, uh, countries of uh, Honduras, uh, El Salvador, and, Guat and Guatemala. Uh, that's where most of them have been coming from historically. Um, now, that's, those, th th those demographics have changed. It's now, um, uh, it's now, it's now Venezuela, uh, uh, Cuba, and, and Nicaragua. In fact, this is something I, I did not know, and I, I tend to usually follow these things. Um, there are the, 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 the numbers of uh, displacement um, in, in Nicaragua because of their recent, uh, their recent political upheavals. Uh, the number of like refugee displacements um, is uh, rivals as in terms of percentages, rivals um, that of Ukraine. I mean, it, it, it's, it's that. It's that much of a problem. It's not that much of a problem down there, and th those people have like really strong claims in in terms of in terms of so so these these numbers are not going to be changing anytime soon. So we've got to try they got to try and figure out how how does the federal government um, deal you know deal with this deal with this challenge and and figure out how to to you know get them relocated. Uh, NBC had a report that there's like a fight going on between. DHS and the White House on on this whole question of of re, of, um, of, relo of relocation. So uh, the, the the federal government needs to you know needs to step in and needs to figure out. I don't know though, you know, with six weeks to go in a um, in, in, before the midterms, whether um, whether whether Biden you know uh, has the intestinal fortitude to like make the kind of um, national announcement. To try and explain to people exactly what's um, um, what's happening, or if he's afraid that it, it's it's going to be it's too it's too politically fraught for them to deal with right now. I'm I'm going to bet the latter. Adam, <laughs> yeah, one Good last bet. thing that I'd Good like bet. to point out. I think I think this is also something that needs to be acknowledged, which is in all of the media coverage that I've read uh, uh, about what's happened here, about these folks being sent, you know, against their will, let's say it, to a place that they didn't know where they were going. Um, I have not read one single solitary testimonial or word from any individual's named that were on that plane mm. and this is a part of the whether that is purposeful or inadvertent campaign to make sure that these people are not considered human they I, I don't even know what the stories of the victims are i haven't heard any of their words i don't know any of their names and that makes it so this is just a group of 50 people from venezuela that you don't need to worry about and that sucks you know i i'd like to see the reporting changed and i'd like to see that these uh, you know, these are victims. <laughs> they, they are victims. And I would like to know what's happening to them by their own perspectives. I'm sure we'll be able to get reporters into that military base. <laughs> uh, look, I've seen the photos from Martha's Vineyard. I know people are there. So, yeah, and look, know. I think in a very important seminal work of our time, Avatar taught us that the uh, that the military uh, can be helpful if we put our minds to it. <laughs> 
I, <laughs> That's I'm what it was about, right? I think, you know, this was a villainous act from uh, Ron DeSantis that not even Colonel Miles Quaritch of the Resources Development Administration under Parker Selfridge <laughs> on their <laughs> campaign to find unobtainium on the planet Pandora. Oh I don't even God. believe oh that God, Miles Quaritch geez. is right. capable of such a thing as a, 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 strateg a strategist such as he. Uh, with that, we're going to close it for this week. Thank you so much to this week's panel. Uh, Adam, where can folks find you online? Anything you want to, to plug real quick before we sign off? Yeah, uh, for uh, my muggle self, you can follow me on Twitter, Adam Tetris, T-E-T-E-R-U-S. It's like Tetris with one extra syllable. And uh, if you want to follow me in my onstage antics, I am an MC for burlesque and drag variety shows as Flirt Vonnegut. And uh, I am uh, not on Twitter with that persona, but on Instagram, that is flirt underscore Vonnegut. You know, like the guy who wrote all the books. That guy. This That joke, that name, doesn't travel well. When I go to shows in Canada, nobody knows who Kurt Vonnegut was. Which is, which is a tragedy. That's it. Is, hey, it man, is. look, uh, we'll come up with a Canadian name. Uh, Scave Foley. All right, Kate, uh, where can folks find you online? Or other things you want to promote coming up? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at kickasskmo. Um, I you can also, if you're into witch culture with, mixed with comedy from an accessible lens, you can follow our podcast at Witchcast Podcast. And I'm actually producing um, the next live show for Asian Pop, which is one of the funniest satirical sketch musical comedy groups. They're, um, they're like a Asian pop girl group uh, that holds a lens up. I think uh, Asian Pop is going live at Joe's Pub with Dylan Adler on October 5th. So please check them out. Awesome. And Robert. Hey, uh, yes, uh, you can find me on on the Twitters at uh, at, at Rob George. Um, you know, uh, come for the cogent political commentary and stay for the awful puns or vice versa, you know, whichever floats your boat. Uh, and on the Instagrams, uh, you can, uh, where I'm often promoting uh, some of my um, uh, stand up comedic uh, antics, uh, that, that's uh, Rob George 29. So, uh, that's what, what that's where I'm found, and you can also uh, find some of my um, Bloomberg columns um, at Opinion uh, on the Twitters. I really like that you changed it from at B Opinion to at Opinion because Bloomberg just owns opinions now. <laughs> and, it, and and the other the the, the other uh, the other handle at, at Bloomberg is 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 at business. So it, <laughs> Bloomberg like, owns both opinion and business. So oh, there good you go. for him. Well, oh, wow. <laughs> I got to be honest, between him and the Walt Disney Corporation, uh, if, if if a billionaire were to own me, I could go with one of the two of them. Uh, I'd rather they not, though. Uh, I'm Tom Brennan. You can find me at Brennanator and on Instagram at Brennanatorgram. Thank you again, panel. Uh, and real quick, thank you to Adrian Sexton for stopping by earlier. Thank you to Ned Thorne for helping me put these together every week. And thank you to Joanne Harris, who does our show theme music. Uh, and as promised a few weeks ago, I'd spent a couple weeks coming up with a sign off and I don't have one. So bye bye. <laughs>